Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. We have a treat this morning. We have our five in five worship experience today. And what that means is we have five speakers up here that are getting ready to speak for five minutes each. And so this is so fun. And we're going to hear all about this house of worship mindset coming from people who have been leading us in worship, leading small groups all about worship. And so I'm excited. And it takes a lot of strength and courage to be up here. And so I'm going to give you introductions on who all these people are behind me. But I I, I just want to let you know you're in for a treat. They're going to say things that we can't say. They're going to have different perspectives. They're going to bring some encouragement and some pretty harsh rebukes. And so uh, I'm excited for that. (laughs) And so uh, I'm going to introduce them and then I'm going to give some uh, instructions for how we can receive these words as a congregation. But first we have Nathan. Everybody say hi, Nathan. And uh, Nathan is one of our worship leaders, been playing guitar and singing with us for two years now. Two years now, amazing. And uh, one of our leaders has led our ops team, our parking team. And uh, everybody say hi, Nathan. Right here, we have Emily. Everybody say hi, Emily. And Emily has worn a lot of different hats here at Kalos, from managing uh, the administrative tasks of our finances, to running our kids team, to also leading our worship is my weapon small group for how many seasons now? Five seasons of worship is my weapon. And so you have attacked a lot of things with that weapon. And uh, it's been beautiful. And your due date is June, Third. June third. And so, speaking for two today. And so, so we're excited to hear from you. And we have Becca here. Everybody say hi, Becca. And uh, Becca is our OG worship leader here at Kalos Church, right? And so all the days before we even had our first service, Becca was with us in Michigan, helped us lead worship, helped us plant this church, moved our whole life from Michigan all the way out here and started leading and singing in the comedy club. No joke. And uh, it's been amazing. So she's been leading the team with Andrew Jennings and scheduling and singing and doing a lot of meetings with us behind the scenes and if you remember the the music video where we taught about rap there's a a rap video called toss up a p the p stands for prayer where becca rapped about how to pray it's on youtube currently check that out and uh recently had baby junia how old is junia now nine months so it's gonna be good so thank you so much for sharing today And we have Todd here. Everybody say hi, Todd. Todd. And uh, Todd, uh, your daughter is being baptized today. (laughs) Special moment. 
so Todd, Todd has been part of our choir. He's been faithful to this church and community, been such a great encourager. But he has a long history of leading worship. In fact, you were a professional musician on the beaches of Daytona in Florida where you would sing REM covers shirtless, true or false? He would take off his shirt and dance around. So let's see what the Lord will do. Right? It was locked. You know, I'm just feeling the spirit of David who said, I, I will get even more undignified than this. They were naked and not ashamed. No, we don't. <laughs> no pressure. Just preach the word. Just preach the word. So anyways, thank you so much for being here. Uh, and we have Christine here. Everybody say hi, Christine. And Christine has been a faithful worship leader here at Kalos Church for how long now? A year and a half just been leading us and singing praise and worship. And also, you you have a due date of June. June 1st. And so, yes. So, so anyways... That's so exciting. And, and Christine's been part of many of small groups that we've led. And we've been meeting on Mondays about worship as well and just talking about theology. And she has led worship for many, many years in different states, from pretty huge churches to small churches. You've been on staff at churches with kids ministry and, and pretty much done every role in the church. And she's definitely brought that perspective into our worship experience. So we've been able to learn a lot from you and receive from you. And so Thank you so much for serving with us and bringing a wealth of your experience and your love for the local church and God into leading us into worship. And so, uh, amazing. Can we give these uh, speakers just another round of applause? So, beautiful. So I, I want to get off the stage and let them minister to us all. But I, I want to give us instructions because uh, a lot of these people here are not professional speakers. And it takes a lot of courage and boldness and... Uh, uh, so we need to give them some support. So even more support than you give me. And thank you for laughing at my jokes. I know that is a grace you've afforded us. But give them even more. So when they uh, crack a joke, let's laugh. So let's practice laughter. <laughs> so just you can try a, a knee slap. Let's, yeah, just prime the prompt. Seriously, it'll be encouraging for them. All right, when they, when, when they tell a story that's kind of like surprising, you're like, I didn't expect that. Can we just do a, a gasp? Like, oh, yeah, that's really good. And, and, you know, when they bring the conviction of the Holy Spirit through the word of God and it, it stirs you and embraces the emotions that God created within you. And you're like, oh, man, that really moved my heart. Can we just weep a little bit? <laughs> All right, let's try that. <laughs> oh, Lord, save me. Amen, amen. So what do you think, Pastor Amitha? I think, I think they're ready to go. You guys feeling ready to go? So they're speaking for five minutes each. And so we will. We have a big shepherd's crook in case they don't. We'll hook you off the stage if you go over. But all right, one more time. Can we give our five and five speakers a round of applause? Woo! Gotta love going first, right? Um so as Pastor Breedman said, my name's Nathan. Uh, you've probably seen an attractive Korean standing up here holding a mic. That was not me. That's my wife, Yuna. Uh, she's a thousand times the speaker I aspire to be. 
Um, I'm actually way more comfortable s- singing than speaking. Um, so I just hope that you'll be able to follow along with me as I share for the next five minutes of what God has put in my heart about the power of corporate worship. Uh, so if you're new to the church, corporate worship doesn't mean worshiping in an office space. Uh, it actually means uh, worshiping like singing and praising God together just like we did earlier today. Um, so I'm not that old. My wife would actually kill me if I said I was. But I've been leading corporate worship for over 15 years. And I've led in a multitude of churches, retreats, prayer nights, living room jam sessions, you name it. And uh, for many years, what leading worship looked like was me closing my eyes, having my personal time of worship with the Lord, and then encouraging everyone around me to follow along. I actually hated opening my eyes on stage. Like, ironically, it was most of the time it was actually easier for me to just shut out the people I was leading. Um, so weird, I know. Um, people would even tell me afterwards, they would say, I love how you just lose yourself in worship and encourage me to do that even more. Uh, But in my journey of becoming the worship leader I am today, uh, God has really been stretching and growing me to do exactly what I didn't want to do. And he wanted me to open my eyes, both physically and spiritually, so that I would acknowledge and love the people I was leading. So one Sunday, I was standing on this very stage in a very different venue, praise God for this building, and um, I was leading the song House of Miracles, and I'm pretty sure it was like my 50th time leading that song that season, so I, newsflash, worship, worship leaders also get sick of worship songs too. Um, but as I was singing that bridge, I remember having this foreign feeling of wanting to open my eyes, and I swear God directed my gaze to one person's face in particular. And that day before, that person had actually shared with me that they had been going through an extremely rough time in their marriage. And so as I sang the words, as I looked at his face, I was saying, I still believe you're moving. God, I believe you're working all things for good. Man, I, I felt like my heart was stirred with even greater passion to worship on behalf of that person. You know, it really felt like I was singing on his behalf because I could tell just by looking at his face that he couldn't sing those words just yet. And so my hope was that he was encouraged by the words that we were singing. You know, more recently, I also stood up here at this altar and prayed for people I had just met as they shared the heavy things that they were, that they were struggling with. And depression, illness, injustice, just to name a few. And as I lifted them up in prayer, I found myself actually lifting them up in the songs that we were singing here at Kalos as well on the following Sundays. Uh, you know, now when I lead worship, I try to open my eyes a little bit more, and I, I, I see faces in the, in the congregation. I see faces I know, and when I do, my heart cries out to God for them. You know, I might not be in a season where I'm facing a hopeless situation, but if I know someone who is, I'll sing on their behalf, you made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. And I might not be in a season where, I, where finances are really tight, but if I know of someone who is, I'll sing the song. You guys know it. Jara, you are enough. Right? You see, these songs that we sing here at Kalos are more than just beautiful melodies and rhyming words. Uh, they're really reminders of God's presence, God's love, God's goodness, and power in our lives. So as, just as we can pray on behalf of others, as we talked about in our House of Prayer series, I believe that we can really worship on behalf of others as well all to strengthen and build up our church. So I just want to read some scripture here in Ephesians 5. um, We'll pull it up here. Uh, The apostle Paul says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. 
I'll pause there because I think some people need to hear that this morning as well. Just kidding. Uh, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. <laughs> and in another translation, uh, it actually says, uh, it actually uh, changes um, making or singing among yourselves as addressing one another in songs of worship. You know, in, uh, in another verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 26, it summarizes this well. When you meet together, just like this church setting, uh, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. So with that, I challenge you, build relationships with the people around you. And reframe your mindset on corporate worship to see it as another way to love and build up the church. You know, Jesus said the two greatest commandments are to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And two, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we're so used to thinking that worshiping God, we're loving God through our worship, which is true. But I believe that genuine corporate worship also shows that these two commandments cannot be separated. You know, I promise you, your love for God will deepen as you grow to love your neighbor as well. Thank you. Good morning. My, my name is Emily, and I want to share about how worship can be your weapon. When I was a kid, I, I learned by making songs with the information I wanted to memorize. Like, for example, when my mom asked me to learn Canada's provinces and territories, I would sing, <laughs> there's Nova Scotia and Manitoba, Ontario, Prince Edward Island. <laughs> and <laughs> I know the whole song. And, and it, was, it was the same with God. Like when, when I was a kid in church, I, I only ever read the Bible or prayed when, when someone asked me to. It was in worship that I first learned who God is and learn how to use the lyrics that I knew to pray. So when I was young, you know, worship is how I learned about God. Now worship is how I fight my battles. When I miscarried in 2021, it took me months to process what had happened because, you know, despite how common it is, I wasn't expecting it to happen to me. And people told me, you know, at least it didn't happen in the third trimester or, you know, at least it didn't happen after the baby was born. But for me, you know, just because they barely had a heartbeat didn't mean that I didn't feel their loss any less. And, you know, I, I didn't tell anyone, um, you know, not even God, that I was angry. I, I don't even really think I allowed myself to feel what I felt. And, you know, I just I honestly hope that the feelings would pass with time. But, you know, since I didn't take the time to grieve with God, the, the, these emotions just festered. And, you know, I, I respect the sovereignty of God to take and to give life. But I just kept imagining this child's life. You know, I, I didn't get to teach them how to walk. I didn't get to, to, you know, take them to their first day of school. I didn't get to watch them graduate from college. I didn't get to, you know, attend their wedding or, you know, have watch them have children of their own. I didn't even get to meet them. You know, when we started trying uh, for another child, I was gripped with fear about what could happen. And, you know, I, I finally did what I should have done from the beginning. What has always given me freedom 
when life gets dark, and that's worship. Just fight through the fear, the anxiety, the depression, the discouragement, the distraction, and just worship. Just focus on his goodness and take the posture of surrender. Being, you know, because you know, that did and has always brought God into my circumstances. So I can stop fighting and he can fight on my behalf and bring through his victory. You know, I, I gave and continue to give thanks to God that I, I just can't truly express how thankful I am that he has blessed me with such a wonderful husband, this supportive community, a loving family. Um, and now we are expecting our first child. <laughs> Daughter in June. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I, I don't know what future God has planned for our daughter, but I, I honestly don't need to. We worship a living God who knows what the future holds, and he works all things for the good of those who love him. You know, and in my life, no matter what the circumstance, worship has always been the most effective weapon I have. This is how I fight my battles. Worship is my weapon of choice. And honestly, it has never failed me. If you're in a battle today, what would be your weapon of choice? Most times, I, I can't choose what happens to me, but I can choose how I respond. And so I just encourage you to praise God for what he has done and watch how your discouragement turns to courage. Watch how your fear turns to faith. Watch how your anxiety turns to peace. And when you shift your focus from what's not happening to what God has already done, when we worship, we stop looking at the fight in front of us and we start looking at the God in us. You know, in early 2021, uh, I was using some of the journaling habits that I learned from Heidi Snyder's journaling small group. So shout out to Heidi if she's out here. And I just felt God nudge me to start this small group where we could intentionally pursue the presence of God through worship and just build that in habit of intentional worship into our everyday life. So we're currently in our fifth season of Worship is My Weapon, and I'm just humbled by how God has blessed this group throughout the last couple of years. You know, just from the answer prayers, the community that's been built, the lifelong friendship that's been made, and just how God has provided AFWA, um, if you know her, my co-leader, an amazing friend, just to grow the fruit from this group beyond what we could have imagined. So I, I just want to say, if you're looking for people to help you shift your focus from your battles to his promises, I encourage you to check out one of the many amazing small groups Kayla has right now. You, you just never know how God's going to use your small steps of faith. Thank you. Wow, you guys. Making me cry before I even, okay. <laughs> okay, hi everyone, good morning, I'm Becca. Um, thank you. Uh, I've been leading worship here, as Pradeep and said, uh, for about five years since we started. Um, so if you haven't seen me around, it's probably because I was on maternity leave for a while. Uh, I had the cutest baby in the world. I'm biased, I know. Um, Maternity leave was great, uh, no, nothing to worry about except for all of the things that new moms worry about. All the moms said amen. Um, so what I really liked about maternity leave though was the, the simplicity of it. <clears throat> I was able to 
focus solely on my new baby. It was really simple. That all quickly ended when I went back to work 40 hours a week. Um, and then all of the other responsibilities piled on top of that. There was church responsibilities, there were home responsibilities, being a wife, being a mom, uh, and then work, and of course, uh, having friends. <laughs> um, and in the, in the thick of all of that, I lost my aunt. She was like a second mom to me and my sisters. Needless to say, I was pretty broken. So the title of my message this morning is, you are invited to worship, BYOB, bring your own brokenness. <laughs> Bob Coughlin in Worship Matters says your biggest challenge in worship is your heart. So in other words, your greatest enemy and your best friend in worship is your heart. We all know how it feels to be in pain. It can make you close off from other people. Rejection can drive you away from intimacy. Loss can cause you to choose isolation over connection. Psalm 51, 15 through 17 says, Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. In this psalm, David sacrifices his broken heart and spirit to God as worship. He's also comparing that to a burnt offering, which like in, unlike other offerings in the Old Testament, is completely consumed by fire, <clears throat> which represents surrender. Um, sacrifice language can often freak people out. We've had this conversation many times when we sing refiner and we sing, I want to be tried by fire. I mean, who really wants to be tried by fire? <laughs> I mean, all the Christians say, yes, we do, but really, we don't. <laughs> um, so the good news about that is that we live in a world that already tries us by fire every day. That's actually not the good news. The good news is that God wants to use what has tried us. He wants to use what has broke us and cause it to uh, cause it to have rejoicing to flow from your heart so bring your brokenness bring your expectation the world loss and hardship broke me I was carrying it around it was really heavy it was really difficult but what I realized is that if I'm carrying my brokenness around already I might as well bring it to God this is my sacrifice of worship. Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you. Well, hello. My name is Todd. I'm married to the beautiful Joanna, if you know my wife. Um, uh, we have three kids. And first off, I just want to say that y'all look great this morning. You look fantastic. Welcome to church. Um, so I've been asked to speak about worship as a lifestyle. And uh, I love praise and worship. I love worshiping here with my brothers and sisters on a Sunday morning. There's really nothing like it. But there are many ways that we can worship the Lord all throughout the week other than just music and much more often than just in this corporate uh, Sunday morning setting. Uh, in case you guys haven't noticed, I am an old guy. Um, 
I, I was born before Kennedy was shot. Uh, I, um, I'm older than Ding Dongs. Uh, I was born before the St. Louis Arch was built. Yikes. Uh, so I've been here a day or two, and I've been through a lot. And uh, I've lived a lot of lives. I've had several careers. And I have made some questionable life choices along the way. Um, throughout my life, I've been a competitive roller and ice skater. I've, I've been an ice rink manager. I was a professional skating coach. I was a professional musician. At least that's what my tax return said. Um, I, I, did, uh, I did work for Barnes & Noble for 17 years, y'all. 17 years. Retail management. Oof. Um, I was a casino manager and account manager. I did lead praise, some praise and worship in the 90s, and now I'm a, currently a logistics manager. So I've had many, many other titles and little jobs along the way, and I was always jumping from job to job and career to career and hobby to hobby, looking for my identity. And then finally, several years ago, I finally had my own revelation of Christ, and now I know who I am and that my identity is found in Him. Amen? All right, so there's this verse in John, John 4, 23, that says, Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers, I want to be one of those, right? When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Manuel, I want to be one of those true worshipers, right? Let's put it in quotes. True worshipers that John is talking about in that scripture. Um, in modern life, yeah, you know, it's all about uh, this. All this emphasis is put on cultural identity and finding your tribe. Um, everyone choosing sides and all this polarization, but wouldn't it be great if we were just known as the true worshipers? I mean, that's the tribe that I want to belong to, the tribe of worshipers worshiping in spirit and in truth, all in one accord, living out the, living out and building the kingdom of God together, right? And now I'd like to read from Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Um, in this passage, the scripture basically is speaking about offering your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It's your daily worship through the way that you treat and you talk to people, the way that you uh, treat your family and your spouse through your generosity and your giving. We must offer up the sacrifice of praise throughout the week and daily and not just on Sundays. This is the true and proper worship that this verse is talking about. But here's the part of that scripture that I really want to emphasize, and that's the second verse where it says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the pattern of this world that that uh, scripture is talking about, it goes something like this. Uh, you wake up in the morning, you rush to get ready for work, you have some coffee, you commute to work, you yell at all the horrible drivers on the way, you actually make it to work, you have more coffee, there's work stress, you yell at all the folks at work, you have some more coffee, you drive home, rush hour traffic, Ooh, right? you make it home, you do the dishes, you feed the kids, you get your honeydews done. And then, uh, yeah, right, right, you get your honeydews done, and then get the kids to bed, get the kids to sleep, you're exhausted because you've been playing video games. Uh, and then the next morning, wash, rinse, and repeat, right, the pattern of this world, Monday through Friday, just all over and over again. But you, my Christian brothers and sisters, you do not have to conform to that pattern. We can pray and lift up the name of Jesus and try living out our worship to the Lord as a lifestyle. And maybe try something like this instead. Wake up early enough to give yourself at least five or ten minutes to spend time alone with the Holy Spirit. Use Pastor Amaritha's uh, breathing technique that she uh, to help regulate yourself that she uh, spoke about a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, ask the Lord to give you patience with all those awesome drivers that are about to commute with. Um, slow down, slow down. 
let people in. Christ was never in a hurry. As you were driving, listen to some praise and mu worship music or a Christian podcast, or you can listen to Pastor Pradeepan's uh, Sunday morning service from the week before. Um, you guys ever heard of Streetlights? Look it up. Look it up. Street lights is great. Ask the Holy for Spirit. Uh, okay. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit for open word. Treat folks with kindness and understanding. Once you get home, take time to talk to and bless your wife and your kids. Slow down. Make room for the presence of the Lord. Do not conform to the uh, pattern of this world, but be transformed. All right. I'm quickly running out of time. Uh, my topic today was worship as a lifestyle. So I do want to challenge you today, not just to make worship about that Sunday morning ministry moment, to be, but to be one of those true worshipers the Scripture is speaking of that the Lord is seeking and worship the Lord all throughout your week with your giving, the way that you treat your family, your words and your thoughts. Sing praises to Jesus in your heart as you go through your workday and set some time aside to be alone with Jesus that isn't scripted by corporate worship. And lastly, I just want to encourage you to like Isaiah 61.3 says, no, it talks about uh, each day, put on a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. So thanks a lot for this time to speak to. We're really enjoy our work. Thank you. Hi, um, well, my name is Christine Beckley, and I serve here on the production team. Um, yeah, and to get started, um, let me just kick off by saying just, I just wanted to just thank Pastor just for allowing like all of us to just share um, our unique journeys and perspectives about worship. Um, you know, today I wanted to share a little bit about worship as surrender and sacrifice. And so as a soon-to-be mama, um, I have experienced and Googled a lot of symptoms with regards to pregnancy. Um, and let me just tell you, I've been upset. I've been upset because there's a lot of things that people don't tell you that you go through when you're about to birth a child. They just say that you have this glow, right? We heard about the glow. And then you have morning sickness. And no one really explains what that means. But I'm here to tell you today what that really actually means. So if you are expecting a child or have a child, you can probably reflect and relate. Um, or if you're, you have a desire to give birth one day, um, let me just give you a quick glimpse of, about what to potentially expect. All right, brace yourselves. Gagging when brushing your teeth. Hmm. Nausea with and without vomiting. Increased urination, sometimes leading to waking up three or four times a night, right? Which leads to fatigue because you're tired because you haven't gotten sleep that night, right? Heart palpitations, rashes, <clears throat> moodiness. Sorry, Derek, he's not in the room, but moodiness. I'll let him explain that one to you. Um, snoring, snoring. Yeah, again, sorry, Derek. Um, food aversions, not cravings. We all heard about the cravings. Food aversions, right? Um, not being able, this is a weird one, not being able to open my fridge sometimes without vomiting. It's, yeah, I, I see you shaking your head. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. And the list goes on. I have more, but I'll, I'll, I'll watch the time here. Okay, so even beyond these symptoms, you know, this, this experience, I've actually had, um, a scary diagnosis around 22 weeks, um, leading to an unexpected and pretty urgent surgery. So I found out literally one night after ultrasound, doctor calls me and says, hey, like we need to see you the next morning. And then they see me the next morning, hey, we need to do surgery the next day. And I'm not sure about you, but that was actually really uncertain and, and scary for me. But you know, even after all the things that I've been through, whether it's symptoms or the specific situation, um, let me just tell you this, 
my baby girl, she is worth it. Even though she has parties at 6 p.m. and 2 a.m., she is worth it. Um, and that's actually... The word worship comes from the, the word worth-ship, which means to attribute worth to God. And so we worship God not because of what we're going through or what's around us, but we worship God because he is worthy. It's simply because he is worthy. And so we're going to do a double take of Romans 12.1, if that's okay. Um, Romans 12.1 says this. Paul urges us in Romans about sacrificial worship. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, we heard about true worshipers, true and proper worship. You know, the Bible gives us multiple accounts of sacrificial worship. And in not ideal circumstances, um, and it's reflecting of the person's heart and their physical response, right? We talk about our response. And we think about, like, Abraham and his willingness to sacrifice his son in Genesis. We think about Paul and Silas um, in the prison in Acts. We think about the woman with the box, with the alabaster box in Luke. We think about the widow giving a small but sacrificially big offering. We think about Jesus in his ultimate sacrifice and his surrender at both the Garden of Gethsemane and in his ultimate sacrifice um, on the cross throughout the Gospels. You know, through these stories, we learn that we don't just confess God's name because it looks good or it feels good um, or it benefits us in some way. We offer our praise, like it says in Hebrews 13, continuously. When we worship out of attributing worth to God, it often becomes the beginning of our joy, joy, and sometimes the beginning of our breakthrough, right? And so, you know, rather than the, the result of it. And so if you're here today and you're like, Christine, I don't feel like worshiping. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes when I'm, up, when I'm up here, I have not felt like worshiping. But can I tell you to worship anyway? And let your response stretch you in your relationship with the Father. Um, so if you're here, if you're like, Christine, I feel like I'm not good enough. Let me tell you to worship you and tell God how good he is through that worship. If you feel like, I don't really like this song or I don't like worship music, can I just invite you to sing to sing anyway? Um, if you feel burdened, can I invite you just to lift up your hands as a sign of surrender to cast your burdens upon the Father? Um, if you feel like shy or timid, sometimes I can be shy too, believe it or not, um, can I just invite you to worship congregationally and with the body? Um, if you feel like my situation is too hard, can I just invite you to come into the presence of the Lord anyway? If you feel like disconnected, unloved, if you feel, if you feel unseen, unheard, can I just invite you to the Father who sees you, who hears you when you worship, who loves you just as you are right where you are? You know, we can't control our circumstances, but we can choose our response. You know, worship is often a sacrifice, but again, it's a, it's a beautiful response. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.com. 
church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time.